0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash show.
1: This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of February 9th, 2019. Anchor is weighing union options. As if Virginia doesn't have enough problems, Bells is leaving.
2: I, for one, welcome our whiskey overlords. Since when do cannabis drink makers have enough money to buy a brewery? I'll listen more on Have a Drink News.
0: Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm
1: Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
1: I'm Christopher Walker.
2: And I'm Casey Price.
1: All right, jumping right in. So some big news uh, this week coming out of San Francisco. Workers at San Francisco's Anchor Brewing Company have announced a drive to gain union recognition on Thursday, according to members of the organizing committee. If successful, the maker of the iconic Anchor Steam Beer we one of the first craft breweries in the country to become a union shop, and the most significant.
2: So, when they say recognition, do they just mean they want to be able to know who the other person in the union is
1: uh, to get recognized? It's the, you know, they have to get enough signatures, and the, the for the union to come in and say, "Yeah, sure, we'll support you." Mm, uh, okay. There are approximately 70 full-time and part-time employees in uh, the bargaining unit, spread across Anchor's production facility in uh, the. Potrero Hill neighborhood, and its tap room, uh, anchor public taps across the street. The brewery employs approximately 160 people total, ooh, including white collar workers, according to it. So uh, that means less than half of the workers are in this bid to unionize.
2: Uh, yeah, uh,
1: workers, usually that's the front line folks, though. Yeah, that that unionize
3: your salary usually doesn't. Yeah. Right.
1: Workers are organizing with the International Longshoremen and Warehouse Union with help from the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. A representative answering the main number listed for Sapporo. Is that that how we decided we say it? Yeah, Sapporo. Uh, USA, the American subsidiary of the Japanese brewing conglomerate that purchased Anchor for $85 million in 2017. That
2: Uh, feels like it's not as expensive as I thought it would be
1: uh, it's, it's, it's quite a quite a bit of money I mean it is quite a bit but I'm just saying like it's close not to, ballast point no okay no that was a, a gross nothing ever is again nothing <laughs> will nothing will ever sell for that much again in this industry but 85 million for anchor I'm just sitting there weighing it in my hands going yeah that's about right uh, their fur comments to anchor Brewing Company. An anchor spokesperson did not immediately return a request for comment. Anchor in San Francisco. Scroll down. Anchor in San Francisco institution that used to be known for being a good job. uh, That's from Brace Bilden, a part-time worker in the anchor racking room, who has to who has worked at the brewery for a year and only a year. Hmm. Uh, For a year and is a member of the eight-person organizing committee. No, if you come into a place and you've only been there a year, I don't think you're allowed to be a part of an organizing committee for a union.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. who's, so that seems I'm, a little messed up. I don't know. It just depends on depends on a lot of things. Maybe he is more gung ho about unionizing than some people who have been there longer. He, You know, it's fine.
1: Well, uh, we want to make the company an attractive place to work again. The ILWU declined to say...
3: <laughs> is is, is did, did that just, quote, make Anchor great again?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah.
3: No, it just said
2: make Anchor pretty again.
1: Uh, the, uh, the actual union declined to say what percentage of the bargaining unit had signed union cards. Uh, the union drive at Anchor, which began its public... Phase at noon Pacific time uh, today of the article, which was what Thursday? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Thursday then the company with the union's letter of declaration. Is freighted with significant uh, for both the beer industry and the labor movement nationwide.
2: We yeah. hold these
3: truths to be self-evident.
1: Yeah, because that it, all beer is brewed in steam.
3: I was literally thinking over here, a more perfect union.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if I think this is big for the union, because if they find a way to market, you know, the unionship to craft breweries and to craft brewers, that that's, you know, a new, you know, a whole new business track for them. And uh, given some of the recent shenanigans that we saw, and for some reason I can't remember where in New England, they had all the hubbub about pay and everything.
2: Oh, um
3: your uh, breweries uh, that do the um uh, cloudies.
1: Yeah. Not uh, the Alchemist, was it? No, no, it was not the Alchemist. Oh, Treehouse. Yep, it was Treehouse. I, yeah, no. That, no, it wasn't right, Treehouse. Yeah. It was um Trillium. God. Trillium. Oh. Okay. something a tea. I knew it was a T and they did New England. So <laughs> Um Getting there. Yeah, Trillium had the big hubbub and I would not be surprised if you know, you didn't see a movement like this out of their facility. They hmm. there may not be the numbers to even try it, to be honest, because Anchor is quite heavy in the uh, market, like nationwide. Yeah. But uh, so in May 2018, uh, Splinter, who we got this from, because this is the this is the source that everyone else is sourcing. Uh, mm-hmm. reported that none of the country's 7,000 craft breweries were unionized despite difficult working conditions and low pay. A handful of previous efforts to organize other craft breweries have failed, including one at the Bay Area's now defunct Pyramid Brewing Company outpost. Well,
2: uh, that the problem with that one, though, is that, that that whole structure, corporate structure was there's the one guy on top, <laughs> you all paid money to work up to the next level so you could get to the next.
1: I, I don't think that's how it works. Not Scientology. (laughs) Mm. Oh, God. Uh, Just about organizing, anchor workers have nudged the $26 billion U.S. craft brewing industry into uncharted waters. Uh, But beyond being one of the first, anchor is also by far the most prominent craft brewery to attempt a union drive. Founded in 1896, anchor is considered by many experts to be the birthplace of craft brewing, thanks, in part... uh, to its reinvention in the 60s and 70s under the leadership of who, who? fans Maytag. of the show? Yes. Fritz Maytag. Who, and the everyone, Maytag Blue family. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. Everyone who caught that episode can go ahead and tell you, yeah, that, that Maytag family. I'd just like to imagine
2: that he came in to buy, uh, buy that brewery dressed as the Maytag man.
1: I, <laughs> I hope so. I really want to. <laughs> I'd
2: like, just like to imagine that's just the family uniform. Does it mess right. with
1: anyone else? That it's what's his name from Eureka, who's now the Maytag man and all the corners. Messes with me so much because <laughs> I
0: I don't see him from. It. I'm sure he's been in tons of other things. That does not matter. I'm like, oh, it's sheriff from Eureka. Yep, right. He's, he's the sheriff Maytag.
1: Carter. He's the Maytag man now. Okay then. But yeah, that's so uh, shameful. Plug. Go go check out our whole episode on uh, anchor. <laughs> just so you can get caught up on that whole thing, because it is a real interesting story. Uh, organizers say they want to unionize, in part, to protect Anchor's special legacy. The reason I took this job is because I love Anchor Brewery, all the major events in San Francisco. Uh, Anchor was always part of it. Denny Miller, a part-time employee who leads tours of the historic brewery, told Splinter. He said preserving Anchor's Bay Area identity within its new ownership, owner's international portfolio was almost 100%. Of his motivation for supporting the drive, okay. Based on those standards, <laughs> I would money was the other portion. Yeah, <laughs> getting getting a raise was the other <laughs> the other portion.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I guess they are also in that that weird thing where it, it it's been long enough that that they're they're starting to see Sapporo's influence take hold. Their 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 company is changing, and
1: I guess. You know. Yeah, it's something to worry about when a conglomerate does come in and they start slashing these things out. We've seen it from when ABM Bev has moved in on a lot of craft breweries. And you'd really hope we wouldn't see it happen to Anchor. But I, I like this quote, in, or this thing in here is not a quote. Uh, they're saying, one thing that Sapporo can't cut back too much on is wages. They're already pretty low. Hmm. Workers on the organizing committee say they have uh, struggled to make ends meet given San Francisco's record cost of living, and uh, that some employees work at California's fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote here: I'm doing worse at 29 than I was doing at 19, but I work more hours per week because I work at two other jobs. Oof. Oof.
2: Yeah, and they are working the, under that strict uh, – he's not permitted to work more than 29 hours a week. What? Any more than 29 hours a week, it's a 30-hour week, and it's a, he would have to have health uh, care uh,
1: insurance, yeah. insurance yeah. from
3: – They're not providing health care, then?
1: One nope. assumes not.
0: No. Oh.
3: Did it say in the article? I, I don't have it up. Did it say <laughs> yeah. In the
2: he's okay. saying, like, this guy – in particular, where he's part time, they make sure he only works twenty nine hours a week.
0: Oh yeah, that's so they a, don't have to eat benefits. Yeah, that's a lot of companies do that. No, my uh, my mom's company does that to her, and it pisses me off.
1: <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, and given uh, so, you think like some places you're like oh, fifteen dollars an hour. I mean, you can get by on that. Not <laughs> in San Francisco.
0: No, God no.
1: Holy crap! Yeah, they call them starvation wages.
0: California me- needs its own minimum wage. Like uh, that's just. And Far more than everywhere else.
1: San Francisco's cost of living is the highest, one of the highest in the world. So that is not enough money to get by living in the Bay Area. I think there's only like one or two neighborhoods in the Bay Area that have like rent control or something. And then there's some like a huge battle going on right now. Like by the locals trying to keep people from moving there.
2: They, uh... Yeah, uh... Yeah, I was actually just watching something where it was talking about how ridiculously expensive it is in uh particularly in San Francisco, but like people are having to live outside of town and drive much longer than they would like to to get to to get to their jobs at Anchor. So there's there's a whole lot that actually does go into why they're ha- having these issues
3: and why the freeway sucks so bad. <laughs> and why the freeway sucks
2: so bad. Um, but yeah, they this article is is fairly long but it's fairly comprehensive about some of the problems that they're
1: oh yeah uh they're going definitely, through definitely recommend you guys go check this one out uh, at splinternews.com but uh yeah it's a it's a good read and go uh go finalize yourself on this but yeah uh what takeaway? anchor is trying to unionize for many reasons so yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh
1: well
0: um Let's it's... let's cover our East Coast now <laughs> in uh, Virginia news, which is, you know, the up-and-coming brewery place to be. I thought Except you were going to say
2: the hot spot for news this week.
0: Well, it does tend to, to do that as well. Um, uh, Bell's Brewery will cease beer shipments to Virginia. So popular brewery spot, but may not be getting everything that you want there. Uh, Virginia may be for lovers, it says, but it won't be a place where drinkers can purchase Bell's beer for much longer. Bell's... Ooh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right.
2: Alright, Casey, you just have to move to Bell- move to Virginia, then you don't I do. have
3: to... I've only got like a 45-minute drive to where mm-hmm. I'm in the, the land of yeah. safety.
0: <laughs> um, Bell's Brewery founder, Larry Bell, notified the company's seven Virginia wholesalers on Friday that the Michigan Craft Brewery would cease shipments to the state... After, filling, um, after filing final orders. Um, says we are not taking any new orders from them at this point. Bell told Brewbound. Those were difficult calls to make. It feels like the government shut down. Here's people that aren't getting a paycheck because of somebody else's dispute. But the fact of the matter is with Virginia law... That if we stay in the market, we could be exposing ourselves to legal risk that could be financially devastating.
1: And then he followed up saying, "And you don't want us exposing ourselves?"
0: <laughs> Indeed.
2: No, I don't think anyone wants Larry Bell exposing himself.
0: But so the interesting thing is, Bell declined to explain further what this, what he's talking about. Uh, he says, citing ongoing legal proceedings before the Virginia Alcoholic Beverage Control Authority, let's the say, ABC. Let's just say
1: they're <laughs> back in uh, the same legal territory they were like two decades ago. Mm. Mm. Okay, um, but I'm
3: interested yeah. to look this up now.
0: Right, like it goes into it. Please say more. Uh, so, at the center of his company's retraction from the state is a dispute over the attempted sale of Bell's distribution rights to a subsidiary of the Ray's Beverage Group.
1: Now, that might sound sound familiar. Mm. Hmm. Keep going. A little bit. Uh, In
0: October, Ray's subsidiary Premium Distributors of Virginia reached a deal to acquire Richmond-based Loveland Distributing Company, which has sold Bell's beer since 2015. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Bell's had been attempting to terminate its contract with Loveland, ...prior to the closing of that business sale to raise. Meanwhile, a complaint filed by Loveland with ABC argues that Bell's failed to show, quote, good cause for termination of its distribution agreement... ...as required by the Virginia Beer Franchise Act. Loveland and Premium also argued to the ABC that Bell's offerings offerings account for a significant portion of Loveland beer sales...
2: Look, Casey, it's your favorite thing, legal disputes involving bells mm. and franchise law. Oh, yeah, this yeah. one,
1: just keep digging in, and that's, that's when all the bells and whistles will go off. So,
0: so the <laughs> hearing hasn't been scheduled yet about this, um, but speaking to Brewbound, Bell's, or Bell, God, the plurals of this its just kind of <laughs> throwing me off. Yeah. Uh, Bell said that the state of Virginia makes up 5% of Bell's business, or roughly 300000 Case equivalents. That's not small. Um, no. <laughs> Bell added that his company's overall shipments grew 2.7% 2. in 2018, driven by distribution expansion and organic growth in the company's home markets. Sorry. In 2017, Bell's ranked as the seventh largest craft brewery in the U.S., producing about 463,808 barrels of beer, according to Brewers Association. I think we covered that at some point too.
2: I think so. In the
1: Bell's episode, shameful plug. You can go and check out our (laughs) Bell's episode where you can hear a lot more about their past legal disputes. Nice,
2: Chris. Shameless plug. Walker at it again. (laughs)
0: Um, so uh, I'm just looking at it. It's got a lot of quotes from Bell, obviously, because I'm sure they interviewed him quite extensively for this. But basically, um, the Bell's brewery exit from Virginia is reminiscent of its retraction from Illinois Mm. in 2006 when national wine and spirits inc attempted to sell the company's distribution rights to raise subsidiary <laughs> chicago beverage systems <laughs> bells strayed or stayed out of the state for 2
1: years before returning with new group of wholesalers and inventing reinventing names of beers oh, uh, yeah. or creating new beers just to exist with those beers in that market that's, that's right. how that's why we have a uh, hop solution in okay. that market because they did because the other names were licensed still by the other group so to get a big double IPA <laughs> back out in the market there they just said all right we'll make take the same recipe and put it under a new name wow And so the exact same group is involved this time, trying to buy another company that's distributing bells. And bells is just like, we ain't having anything to do with this. Yeah, (laughs) they're just like the same tactic as last time because they got they tried to get sued into oblivion last time by the guys because they're like, we don't want it. We don't want you to sell it. No, we don't want to be working with them. And then they they just go, screw it. We're not going to sell anything in that state, and then just walk away.
0: Yeah, that's basically yeah. the rest of the article kind of talks about. They're going to take their ball and they're going to
2: go. Home. Yeah. Just take their ball and go home till they can find somewhere else they some other way they can distribute into Virginia.
3: Well, uh, well, yeah. Um so we need an episode on franchise law number 1 cuz it is a, such a big deal we do. in in the beer world. Um you sign up for a distributor. It's basically like um, franchise law is just like selling a franchise if you're a McDonald's franchise. And you run your business and you own this McDonald's franchise. McDonald's can't come in and take that franchise back and say, no, we're not going to let you sell McDonald's anymore without a really good reason to do it. Um, Wait, I thought that's not what I learned from the founder. Yeah. It's, they, they, they may have strong armed some people, but
2: um, the... Look, when Batman says... This is how we're doing things. It's how we're doing things.
3: Yeah. Franchise law is the bane of most breweries' existence. California is really bad. For, because if you if you could think, you know, there's... I don't know how many states out there that... About half the states, I think, have some sort of franchise law. Um, Michigan, Virginia, Kentucky has it. California has it. Um, and basically it just says, once you give those rights away you have to pay to get them back. And so in order to get that brewery to, or get their their rights back, you can basically say, okay, here's what you would have made off of our beer over the next 10 years, and we just have to give it to you. It's not
2: exactly like it, but all I could think of was like uh, licensing rights for music and like how the Beatles lost theirs.
0: Hmm. I mean, rights and uh, yeah, all that kind of a little bit goes together
2: uh well also in the fact that like when they finally came up for sale they tried to do it and someone else swooped in and bought them before like mm-hmm. all the surviving beetles <clears throat> could get it and
0: oh, the michael jackson uh, thing yeah yeah
2: i was gonna say <clears throat> and who was it but chris was already shouting it off mic
0: so i mean everything essentially just boils down to usage rights just generally right i mean that's what it comes down to <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah and, and basically when you sell when you sell in an a state and you've got a distributor that distributor owns that brand in that state and actually it doesn't even have to be the state so they've got seven distributors in virginia so each individual distributor owns a single territory so one may own the area right outside of of washington dc and that's all that they have but in those those that county area those Distributors, or that specific distributor is the only one that can distribute that beer. And if you let another distributor come in there and and distribute your beer in that same county, you're up for a lawsuit. And so this one, you know, this one instance, they could potentially have pulled. I don't know. I, I would have to get right in the, the the nitty gritty of it, but they could have potentially pulled in the areas where that single um, franchise is selling the beer, possibly. And not pull out of the whole state, but it may have been one of those things where they were just buying up so much of it it just made more sense to say, you know what, we're pulling out, sorry.
2: Yeah. I just wonder just wonder if this is gonna regress into uh the way that uh perhaps our parents had to buy beer. Uh back in state our neck line. of the woods. Uh or some guy drove drove with a case of it off his truck to some some little piece of nowhere where you knew to find him.
3: I visited a bootlegger once when we were in college. Hmm, it's interesting. Didn't I mean? When somebody else didn't know that was what it was, but did yeah. uh, did they have the? Uh, how
2: many Confederate flags were on that car?
3: <laughs> it wasn't a car. It was. It was a, um, yeah, a truck. Cal- no, no. It was. A, it was a home. Oh,
2: but it how many was, Confederate flags were hanging in that home?
3: It was a little different. Um, not in saw, assault, but it was sort of just like a bare wood type place. You know, it was basically a shed out back where the guy had a, a cooler, of beer, like he was drinking it and he would open it up and sell you some. And, and you could tell there was more beer than what he was drinking in it.
1: Shh, don't give away my retirement plan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chris is just going to go live out in the random woods, uh, some be- random woods in the shed just like.
1: That's my plan if something happens to the two of them. Like, I'll just be living in a, a cabin in the woods somewhere, and there'll be no road, and you'll stumble out there, and I'll sell you single cans of beer from my cooler.
2: <laughs> He's going to go full Swanson. Uh, well, I don't know. You know what would be better for, for buying that beer?
3: Well, if you had directions to it.
2: Right. If, if only there was someone that could give you recommendations for what you were going to buy. Perhaps... I don't know. You're off the grid. It would be more difficult. But maybe if some sort of AI could
3: do it for you. Or a robot. Those don't have to be connected to anything. Well, coming in from Forbes Magazine's online website, written by George Kutztakus. I just wanted to try to say that name. Kutztakus. Whiskey Tech. Is this robot the future of whiskey? For enthusiasts, whiskey is a hobby, a passion, and a way of life. Yes, indeed it is. Fans collect new releases from their favorite distilleries and travel to different countries in search of good whiskey. Yep, a difficulty for producers has always been getting the younger population into the spirit. Oh, that's, that's an interesting line right there. Um, as whiskey is seen as an old man's drink. When faced with the walls of bottles at supermarkets and bars, newcomers find it hard to get into the category and enjoy it, and the one that they choose is not often suited to their individual palate. The new whiskey assistant, Smart Isle, seeks to change this experience for the better. The Mars Agency, M&M Mars? No? Uh, no, a global marketing company. (laughs) <laughs> They've partnered with U.S. retailer BevMo, or Beverages & More, to trial Smart Aisles, the digital whiskey shopping assistant. I feel like you need to pronounce BevMo as it's written. BevMo! BevMo! There's, there's,
0: there's
3: an a explanation explanation point. point. Using artificial intelligence, voice-activated technology, and LED lights. Ooh, high tech. They add those LED lights across the shelves, though. Smart Aisle assist- Yes, aisle, single, okay. Assists shoppers in selecting the perfect whiskey bottle for them. Also, the one that makes the establishment the most profit after asking for customer preferences the assistant breaks down the information three bottles are recommended at which point the shelves light up to leave the customers to the highlighted bottles if customers already have a brand in mind the assistant can recommend other bottles or brands with similar flavor profiles the entire experience lasts no more than two minutes and with helpful information and even jokes the assistant makes it pleasant and informative. Over fifty whiskeys will be featured, a number of which may grow in the future should the trial be successful.
2: I like to imagine
3: uh, someone just putting like a, a purple jacket and top purple top
2: hat on the thing turning into like a small Willy Wonka. And it's like <laughs> I don't like if it's a small robot that wheels around because like, I don't know what I should get. And he goes like, come with me and you'll be
0: that's the thing. Like, In I want this. In a world of copyright infringement, <laughs> I want the the visual for this though. Like, I'm sure, that, and we're all used to, you know, like the the uh, uh, disembodied voice uh, assistance from the major companies. But like, I want Jeeves standing there telling me what kind of whiskey to buy. If the like if... from
2: Ask Jeeves,
0: I was thinking like the Hearthstone card. <laughs> oh, oh, like oh, super okay. robot Jeeves.
2: <laughs> okay, that. Like, sorry,
0: I was still thinking butlers and like the the tackiest. Well, he <clears throat> is kind of butler like, but I mean the tackiest like out of the Jetsons, like robot standing there. That's you what want I want. It.
2: Uh, you want like Wafflebot to come rolling up?
0: Yes, <laughs> I want Wafflebot in in meets Jeeves with that because the Jeeves accent. Really, let's be serious. Mm. Um, you want the British accent to be like, well, I would recommend. Um, no, that's, that's it needs I to want. have a
2: Scottish accent and be
0: very angry with
2: you for choosing anything.
0: Oh, can it sound like Billy Connolly?
1: It's Billy Connolly <laughs> and he gets mad and berates you if you choose anything but scotch.
2: <laughs> it we should just cha- made a
0: new thing entirely and I want it. <laughs>
2: it should change its voice depending on what you're It's like, it's like. What are you in the mood for?
0: Oh, God, no, because I don't want to hear the bourbon one.
1: <laughs> Y'all want well, some bourbon? Gosh. It's just going to be Gomer Powell. Gadzooks, you want to go to our Thor?
2: Gadzooks, come on with me. We'll get you some buffalo trace. Or well, the rebel flags. As it drives off, you just hear, dur, 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 dur,
0: dur, dur, dur. Either that or it's going to sound like the guy from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, I, I was thinking um, uh, Papio Daniel, the, the, the guy running for... for like yeah. the mayor or something like that, or governor. It's
2: gonna su- it's gonna sound like Boomhauer.
0: Oh God! <laughs> hey now, boy! I tell you what, you want <laughs> Oh,
2: okay, all right. I don't know what. Oh, thank God, there are lights.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
3: We can't go too much further than that, though, because that we we can't you know poke fun at other other drink segments because uh, we we like our whiskey and we're from the area. Yeah, so right. we're we're allowed to do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> would hate true. to get us into. Um what some of these other drink segments and what we would stereotyp Stereotypalize? stereo
0: stereotype 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 right? No, we're just gonna make those. A in. Uh,
2: yeah. uh, sorry, I got to
0: Japanese whiskey and went, oh, exactly. that's that's where. But no, you could pick like a really cool person to do. I'm saying like you know how uh, the Waze app had like people. Like uh, Kevin Hart, I think, did voice turn by turn directions on there. That's what I'm saying. Like, just get some a representative to, that sounds awesome. Well,
3: either way, it's an interesting marketing choice. Um, of course, it's a marketing company that comes up with this. If you're interested in checking it out, all five locations that have it through the end of March are in California, Oakland, San Jose, Santa Clara, Miramessa, and Caramel Mountain. Actually, Carmel Mountain, not Caramel
1: which so, I don't like. Um, if you looked up, if you wanted Irish whiskey, it would have to be um, uh, the character from Snatch. Uh,
2: Brad Pitt's Pikey character? Yeah, the Pikey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, that's,
1: everyone's just like, do you understand him?
2: That's what I'm saying. There needs to be like, like, I need Irish whiskey or I want bourbon. So you either go for like Pikey or you go for Boomhauer.
1: Hey, you want to go to Irish whiskey? Hey, you want to go it's got to be like, dags, dags.
2: Oh, dogs. Yeah, like, they're trying to figure out what you like. It's like, eggs? Yeah, I like dogs. Like, what does that have to do with whiskey?
1: Oh, I'm running Oh,
2: Oh, just stop.
1: a caravan for me, ma'am.
2: <laughs> you walk out of there not buying whiskey, but you come out with a caravan. It's already hitched to your car. And all the wheels fall off. Uh, I, I don't know. I find this kind of interesting just because... You know, I, it would be nice to be able to walk in and go. I don't, I don't know what would be good. You know, what's new? What's you know? Just ask some sort of machine, and he goes, "All right, go this way. You'll find it."
0: Like, oh, okay.
2: I've got no segue, guys. There's, there's nothing that can, that can tie these together. Uh, however, there is a new, there's a new, uh, a new game for a craft brewery. Acquirement. Someone's coming in, buying up breweries. And it's a cannabis company. Do-do-do. It's supposed to go the other way around. I feel like it was. Like, that, that seems more correct. But, Cannabiners. Uh, nope. nope. Yeah, yep. The company behind the Two Roots line of CBD and THC-infused non-alcoholic craft beers. It's a whole lot going on in that sentence. <laughs> You're just in that, that clause. You're like, oh, n- nope. Uh, they are on the verge of becoming the next major craft brewery acquirer, uh, on its own uh, on its quest to own five hundred thousand barrels of brewing equipment, uh, brewing capacity. The San Diego-based beverage technology and brand management company has signed letters of intent to acquire four craft breweries, including a top twenty privately held brewery based in California. Uh, it's 99% of the way there," said Kevin Love, Canabiners' vice president of marketing activations. The deal could be formally announced in the coming weeks. Uh, uh, Love confirmed that Cannabiners has signed uh, letters of intent uh, <laughs> uh, (LOIs), which look a whole lot like LOLs uh, in text. Uh, anyway, these letters of intent uh, to purchase three other craft breweries, uh, the privately top 40 privately held on the east coast in a brewery in the midwest in the meantime Love Says uh, Canada has struck a deal to acquire Colorado's Dad and Dudes Breweria hmm hmm the terms were not disclosed with the transaction expected to close on February 12th, so just a few days. Uh, the Denver area uh, brewery only produced 827 barrels in 2007, according to the Brewery Association. It gained national attention in 2016 when it became the first U.S. brewery to gain approval from the Alco- Alcohol and Tobacco and Trade Bureau, the TTB, for a CBD-infused beer. Uh yeah, I was going to say, like, if there wasn't 500,000 bre- uh, brewing capacity, 827 does not feel like it's going to be the way to go. But I bet they've got some other stuff there that's got uh, some other equipment there that will make things a little easier for them. Uh, they were temporarily barred from manufacturing after the TTB awarded uh, them they, uh, the opportunity to create a CBD-infused beer. We have the opportunity to leverage what they have and bring it to a scalable environment. Uh, in addition to Dads and Dudes purchases, the planned first-quarter acquisition of three other U.S. craft breweries, Car- Canna Beaners is engaged in active conversations with numerous, numerous other potential sellers, Love said. The company could sign letters of intent to purchase as many as four breweries, Love said, bringing a total capacity up to about 500,000 barrels. Hmm. Uh, I get that he is supposed to be that guy, but like just reading as they're going through here, I'm like, man, this guy feels like he's a lot of talk and we have no idea how much is this is actually.
3: Yeah. It's the next fire festival.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's see, uh, last October cannabinoid negotiated a strategic brewing contract with an undisclosed San Diego craft brewery. That gives the company access to 50,000 barrels of beer production annually. It's currently making 250 barrels per week. Uh, in, uh, 2018, the company acquired Helms Brewing Company in San Diego, where it's able to make about 2,000 barrels of beer annually. Uh, they make five styles of beer using traditional methods and then strip alcohol from the product using European manufacturing dealcoholization equipment. Liquid is then shipped to a secondary facility, also owned by the Cannabiners, where it's infused with THC. But yeah, um, this is not the direction I expected this to be going. I just would like it's like, how did they get so much money? so quickly but you know huh. we i guess weed
3: yeah it's it's a bit i'm looking for what these uh the alcoholization techniques are
1: casey's interest has been peaked yeah
3: mm. uh
2: the deal let's see they let's see uh some of the money raised during uh, it's series c uh fundraising round Will be used to make uh, brewery acquisitions. Uh, where it, it, they have mentioned that they've raised $25 million to date and is currently in the midst of raising another 75 to $100 million as part of its Series C's funding. Uh, they closed the previously announced to so be around early after the business was revalued. So <laughs> this the, the whole fundraising part of businesses to me always just goes like, no, you should make money from your product, build profits, and then Buy stuff from that. And I go, that's not how things work, Justin. That's too simple. Uh,
0: if only things were that simple, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Well,
2: these deals could also be structured uh, so that the brewery stakeholders exchange their equity for shares of the larger Canna Beaners entity, uh, which is working towards IPO on the Canadian stock exchange within the next six months. So there's a couple different ways, I guess, the deal could be set up. Hmm. They didn't just show up to these places with a with a, a duffel bag of cash.
0: That would have been more interesting. <laughs> I would
1: uh, well, like to have seen that story. That, right, that's a good segue. You could almost say there. Uh, speaking of oh. showing up at uh, breweries with a duffel bag full of cash,
0: <laughs> yeah, which may or may not have happened in that manner. Mm.
1: All right, yeah, uh, so we have uh, Sierra Nevada making their first ever acquisition as uh, alcohol beverage producers across the U.S. increase their focus on the health and wellness space. One of the country's most established craft beer companies is buying in. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company ranked in industry trade group The Brewers Association as the third largest U.S. US craft brewery. Today announced the purchase of San Francisco-based we were in pre-show trying to figure out how to say this suffer sufferist beer company.
2: I mean, I, I would have preferred to call them the the, the suffragists.
1: <laughs> suffer sufferfest beer company.
2: Give, give women the right to drink beer. <laughs>
1: uh, that didn't work out very well for uh, BrewDog.
2: No, no, it didn't. Also, the suffrage movement once they got it worked <laughs> towards prohibition. So yeah.
1: Financial terms of the deal were not disclosed, and the <laughs> transaction is expected to close in early April. Uh, the 100, 100% acquisition is a first for the Chico, California, headquarters brewery, and it comes at a time when beer makers, large and small, are looking to capture the attention of health-conscious consumers who count calories and scrutinize ingredient labels uh, with products such as hard kombucha and non-alcoholic beer.
2: So... I know that's not how they did it, but I like the most like intimidating mobster style for buying this that, that Sierra Nevada could have taken. Like they just walk in there and they're like, look, we're told you we're not interested in buying, and they just break one of their kneecaps. And it's like like, yeah, you got another one. Oh <laughs> pony up the is, cash.
3: This is cheap. All right. So Sufferfest? I don't know if you, you read, if uh, you may have mm. said this, maybe not. They're a contract brewer.
0: Oh. Mm. Oh. I, I'm, so they actually
3: love, you know. brew currently in Sleeping Giant Brewing Company's brewery mm. in Denver.
1: Oh. But the
3: company is headquartered in San Francisco, California, so they bought the brand, basically.
2: Yeah. Probably about the brand and probably the the recipes, and they'll just make them at their facilities. Yeah.
3: They are hiring inter- territory sales managers,
1: though.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> and I think it is Sufferfest, because their hashtag is something about sweating, yeah. and they're about athletes. Yeah, because yep. they
1: do... Uh, like, their beers are, like, post-workout beers. Yeah. Or what they kind of target towards. So it is, like, a niche market that seems... It, it fits in with Sierra Nevada. Huh. And in my opinion, also in my opinion, you can catch us uh, February 22nd to 24th in Asheville, North Carolina for Drink Tacular and you can join us at Sierra Nevada's Asheville Brewery. We're all sure. going to take a tour, have lunch. It'll be a good time. Uh, th- this has been a uh, sponsored Chris. message from uh, Shame shameful. Chris, sh- Chris shameless plug. Sh- Chris, Walker. shameful plug. Walker. There, There is much shame, but I'm going to put the plug. Uh,
2: but, yeah, I um, find it interesting. Like, Well, it, I thought of it as Sierra Nevada has now become a large enough fish to eat smaller fish.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it was really only a matter of time. We saw New Belgium doing it. But New Belgium's was less of eating smaller fish and developing a North American lambic uh, blendery. When they yeah. started acquiring.
2: Right. Um,
1: but uh, speaking of acquisitions.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and speaking of also. It was only a matter of time. Uh, uh, ZX Ventures. Finally. Fully acquires. Rate beer. Who are ZX Ventures. You may ask. Why? They're Anheuser-Busch's uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev's venture capital arm, and they have acquired the remaining portion of uh, the beer rating website RateBeer.com that it did not. Excuse me, that it did not already own. Uh, the Financial terms were not announced. but The so- spokesman for ZX Ventures said the transaction had closed. Uh, they had done uh, an initial investment back in 2016 uh, and disclosed eight months ago. So, yeah, they, they got in early and didn't mention anything for a good couple years. Uh, according to ZX Ventures, uh, Spokesman uh, Beer will continue to operate as an independent entity, and its rating systems will remain unchanged because they already made it to favor Anheuser. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, my ass. Okay.
2: No, again, they've already done the damage when they only partially owned them. They don't have to change it now uh that's that's conspiracy theorist me talking. I have no proof of this information, but my heart knows it's true
1: but the cork board with string tied around it everywhere <laughs> on look your that's wall. off camera
2: for a reason, mostly because it takes up the other se- other half of my room
0: the uh <clears throat> of course, they have a venture capital arm right they're like they're like anheuser busch is like Google or Disney of the beer world. Just like yeah. buying stuff,
2: pretty much, yeah. and, and all these like uh, arms. Well, in a statement, ZX Ventures said uh, the acquisition of uh, of rate oh, lost my place. Uh, acquisition of rate Beer will lead to an expansion of the brand into new areas, such as an affiliate marketplace uh, pilot program in Australia and further upgrades to the platform's user experience. Uh, we enthusiastically support Rate Beer's mission to provide independent, unbiased, consumer-driven information about beer and breweries. Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to have a partner that shares our passion for helping consumers appreciate great beer that we own. That last part was an addendum by me. Uh, in a statement posted to RateBeer.com uh, forum this morning, co-founder Joe Tucker wrote uh, that... Co- Uh, Consumers wouldn't see day to day changes to their experience on the site. He added that he would continue to work for Rate Beer as its global community manager. Uh, I mean, I guess it's interesting that they're getting it down to Australia, but, you know, there's a reason we haven't used Rate Beer since the first investment from ZX Ventures once it became
3: public. Yeah. You know, when they had that mess up with the uh the basically the technology that they didn't know about where it rated A B and Bev beers higher. Right. Somehow. Well, again,
2: that's why they don't have to change the system. It's already doing what it needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Jeez.
1: Um, I
0: mean people still use it though. I mean it's still Yeah yeah it's still no it's, popular. Still, it's still a thing. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's unfortunate
1: the, but it's more popular than beer advocate and um the, Oh yeah. Their beer fest is still one of the top five in the nation. I
0: think you have to be an, like you have to be one of our one of us nerds essentially, just beer people, to be using beer advocate or to know what it, what it is even. Like it well, feels like a really niche. It is, but Unta- isn't it? like oh, it's like Rape beer untapped, and then beer advocate. Well, you have a lot of as... crossover.
1: A lot of people who use uh, beer advocate do also go to Rape beer as well. But it's not yeah. usually
0: the other way around. Mm.
1: yes and no i mean it's just more of a if you if the corporate ownership thing bugs you you don't use rape beer and it bugs us which is
0: more of the niche people who are probably on beer
1: advocate (laughs) we're just looking for more unbiased information yeah yeah. as per the show and we when it broke that we were not getting that from rape beer we went to a source that had more unbiased information yeah
2: well uh, according to them, Rape Beer lost a few users after the initial round of investments from ZX Ventures. However, the site has gained about 10 times more ground in that same week. In fact, he said the site set a record. The number of ratings in beer added to the site. The
1: number of bots. ratings? I say the number of ratings, not the number of users. Yeah. From bots <laughs> that they made. Uh,
2: according to uh, like, we're certainly still getting a volume of users in the site, and we're still getting data. We've created a culture that's still flourishing. Uh, T- uh, Tucker says he welcomes the tension that the transaction causes, and the yeah, negative responses sure. are a small speed bump on uh, getting where we
1: need to go. Uh, uh, that's a from, good way to look at it. This from the company that brought you, that brought sour beers to America. <laughs> Never before in North America have sour beers been. Uh, oh wait. No, no. Goodness.
2: All right. Uh, I think that about wraps us up for the day.
0: Yeah. All right. We want to remind everyone this is our news only show, but we do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com Have a Drink Show. We will see you again live next Saturday. Uh, I am, once again, Brittany Lee Walker. I'm, to I'm find Justin. Sorry? Okay.
2: (laughs) I'm Justin Frazier,
1: waiting for sound. I'm Christopher Walker.
3: I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye, guys. Bye. See, your soundboard layout doesn't make sense.